Spurs Daily with Jason Mertidis. All right, welcome to your Sunday, January 24th edition of Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. It is a frustrating edition of Flyers Daily because the result last night matched the process. The Flyers go down to the Bruins 6-1. to one. Uh, They managed just four shots in the first period. They only managed 17 shots in the game when it's been a cognizant effort mentioned by this coaching staff of Elaine Vigneault and and everybody else, that they need to generate more offensive zone time. They need to generate more offensive zone opportunities and shots and create offense through simplification. And maybe that's the more frustrating part because it is a cognizant effort of the coaching staff, yet it still didn't happen. Um, You look at this game and the 6-1 loss to to the Boston Bruins, and frustrations boiled over. And they boiled over for Carter Hart, um, and that's very out of character for him. At the end of the game, he, he took his Bauer goalie stick and smashed it to smithereens on the crossbar in the post. And in, in his post game availability, you'll hear it in this podcast after I vent for a minute. Um, we're going to play Carter Hart, and we're going to play Elaine Vigneault's post game comments. Um, he actually apologizes for for his outburst and for letting that frustration get to that point for him. Um, But he holds himself to a very high standard. That's how he's gotten to where he is. And I I think that he's embarrassed that he did that because he's a guy that's usually so under control, and that's a big element of his character. And he said, I don't get angry very often, but the frustration boiled over and apologized for it for anybody that had to see that. Uh, I look at what he did, and I say, that's good. Um, Not that he got frustrated. I don't think that's good. But the fact that he did get frustrated, and I think everybody in that locker room will look at that and say, wow, that's really rare for him. One of his you know, known commodities as a player is that he's very even-keeled. The ups, the downs, and everything in between, he doesn't let go to his head or affect him. And the fact that this performance by the entire team in that 6-1 loss to the Bruins affected him that way, I think is is necessary. I think it's a good thing. I think it's good for him individually to just vent it out after that game. And sometimes I will tell you that smashing a goalie stick for a goaltender is cathartic. Um, It doesn't fix anything, but it is cathartic to get that out so you can move forward without holding that in. So that part is good. But I think the part that could be good is that the rest of the team saw that frustration. And if they didn't feel that frustration, well, shame on them. But I think they did. But that they should—they all know the level of frustration that they should all be feeling based on the fact that something so out of character for Carter Hart took place. So I, I think that that can be a good thing. And I, I'm glad that he did it in a, in a weird way. I, I think that can help move things forward. You always hope that when you have a really bad loss that you can find a way to get something out of it to find something positive in it. And I know Keith Jones mentioned it on the TV broadcast that a, a loss like this can be a good thing. Not because you lost 6-1 to one and you got your doors blown off, but because it makes the message of the coaching staff that much better to receive. Now, in Elaine Vigneault, after the first couple of games of the year, or even after the first four games where they were 3-1, and one, was saying, we need to generate more offense, we need, we need to spend more time in the offensive zone, as players, you hear that, you go, ah, yeah, yeah, we're winning. 
we're three and one. It's almost like, dude, like, what are you even worried about? But when you have a loss like this, and the two games, the third period of the game on Thursday, and then the entire game of what happened last night in the 6-1 loss, now the coach's message is really clear. It's like, oh, okay. I think they understood that before. These are smart hockey people. They understood it. But they were getting away with it. And when you're getting away with something, it has a different repercussion and it has a different effect on you than when you're not. And when you don't get away with it to that level of embarrassment of 6-1 to one by the Boston Bruins, then it has an impact. So that that's what can happen moving forward. As far as I had some people ask me on Twitter, um, you keep saying that the process, because I said after the game, that the process now matches the result. And I'll go back a couple of years ago, and I think it was Ron Hextall who said during like an eight, like game, lost eight losses in a row. He said, I like our game right now. And people freaked out in the city. The fan base went bananas. And they're like, dude, you've lost eight straight. How can you like the like the way you guys are playing? Well, at that time in that losing streak, they actually were playing well. The process didn't match the result. The process was good, and you knew it was going to turn around soon. But sometimes in hockey, the result doesn't match the process. And when things are going bad, you find ways to lose, even though the process was good. And it's it's the other works the other way as well, where the process can be bad, but you can be winning. But that but neither way is sustainable. So if you're if you're not doing the right things in the process, getting pucks deep, getting pucks to the net, creating sustained offensive zone time, creating turnovers in the offensive zone, and by virtue not spending time in your D zone, then it's not sustainable to keep winning by playing like that. And eventually what happened last night in the six one loss was the the result caught up to the process. Now it's incumbent upon the team to force it the other way, change the process, and therefore change the result as quickly as possible. That's what's going to have to happen starting Tuesday when they face the New Jersey Devils. And these are little things. They're, they're details. I, I, if you've listened to this podcast, I talk about it all the time, that the game of hockey, just like every other sport, and team sport especially, is the, the devil's in the details. The little things need to be done correctly or the result doesn't come. The things like getting pucks deep when you go to dump a puck in or chip a puck in. You got to get it down below the bottom of the circle. Force the other team to go 200 feet as opposed to a lazy chip in where they gather it at the top of the circle in their D zone. And now they're on top of you in transition right away and stressing you and creating odd man rushes in transition. That makes it easier for them to get through the neutral zone. It makes it easier for the opposition to obtain your zone. If you have... If the other team has to go 200 feet, you can then align yourself with your neutral zone system to clog the neutral zone because they have to come from further and also for their zone entry to line up across the blue line and stretch them thin there. So those are just little details. And look, the game was really frustrating and the process, the result caught up to the process. Uh, But I don't want to paint a doomsday scenario here either. They are without Sean Couturier, who is a very important player. And he changes a lot when he plays. When you play against a team like the Boston Bruins and you're in their building where they get the last change and they force that matchup with that top line of Patrice Bergeron and Brad Marchand, Nick Ritchie now, but usually uh, a guy like David Pasternak, um, that, that, that's where it hurts not having a guy like Couturier. 
and you don't have situations where you can get Couturier out against that line. And when you can't do that and you're missing that player, it's a detriment. And when you're missing a top four D-man and Phil Myers, that's a detriment. Mark Freeman did not have his best game, took a couple of ill-advised penalties, wasn't disciplined, and it cost him. And I'm sure there'll be a conversation that's had there as well. Um, the, the team is 3-2-1 and one now on the season, and maybe they should probably feel like they're almost lucky to be there with considering the way they played. But like on yesterday's episode, when we kind of went through concerns and what's legit and what's not, he, here's the thing. You know, there are some legit concerns, which we went through yesterday. I don't think any of those really changed in the day, although maybe became more pronounced. But one of the things that, you know, a lot of teams in the league are not playing well. There's some that are. There's teams like Montreal that are playing really well out of the gate. Vegas is playing really well out of the gate. But there's a lot of teams that are, you know, kind of scuffing by right now, trying to trying to find their game. And look at the Bruins. I mean, in their first three games, they scored a total of three goals and did not score a five-on-five goal. Now against the Flyers, they scored, well, four four regular goals. They won 5-4 in a shootout. Four regular goals and then a six-spot. So they scored 10 goals in two games after only scoring three. But what? how have they scored their goals? If you look at their goals, they are scoring them in a way in which I think the Flyers need to adapt. It's simplifying. It's getting pucks to the net. I look at the... Uh, the goal in the second period from Charlie Coyle. It's just a puck thrown to the net, and he throws his stick there and redirects it. That, to me, is a simple hockey play that can result in a goal, and it did. I look at the goal from Craig Smith, the, the goal that made it 2-1, to one, ultimately the game winner. He's just a, a player in the right spot. A little bit of bad luck on the Flyers there as the puck kind of bounces around on the left side of Carter Hart kind of slides under a sliding player for the Boston Bruins and ends up right on the stick of Craig Smith, who it, it's an easy goal. But why is that a simple play? Well, because they got the puck there, and there's three players around the blue paint. That's what the Flyers need to do. When your skills aren't completely dialed in, simplify. With a short training camp, a nine-day training camp, and no exhibition, that's going to be the case. Simplify. Get pucks to the net. Get bodies to the net. I know it's a cliche, but it's tried and true. And if you want proof of it, look at the Bruins in the game last night. Look at the Bruins in the game on Thursday. That's what they did. That's how they got out of their scoring woes, and they simplified. That's what the Flyers need to do starting Tuesday against the New Jersey Devils. All right, that's my rant. Let's hear from first Flyers head coach Elaine Vigneault after the game, and we'll follow that right up with Flyers goaltender Carter Hart. Elaine, um, I'd just like to hear you know your thoughts on kind of why the the game with the puck tonight was so limited. It seemed like from the start, you guys were struggling to create much of anything with the puck, especially in the offensive side. Well, I mean, you know, in the first period, I thought uh, stats-wise, if you if you look at them, we had as many, if not more, shot attempts than, than them. They're a good defensive team. They block a lot of shots. They don't give you a lot of lanes. Um, so, you know, we're down by a goal. We tie it up early in the second and, uh, you know, then they find a way to score that second goal. And obviously that goal that they got at the end of the third there uh, seemed to take a, a lot of our energy and our, and our will away. So, uh, you know, we weren't very good in, the, in that third period. Ed Barkowitz, you're on with Elaine. Go ahead. Yeah. Hey, Elaine. Um, Elaine, what bothers you most uh, about, the, about tonight's game? 
Well, I mean, I, I've mentioned this a few times, and, and I think it's on everyone in this team, uh, players, myself, uh, to, uh, you know, find solutions to the way we're playing right now. We're, we're not playing uh, that north-south game that, that I think we're capable of playing. And it's on me as a head coach to to put the, the right players in, in the right situation so that the, uh, they can have success and they can play well. So uh, I've got some work ahead of me and I intend to do it. And I intend to do it uh, starting our next game. Jeff Skversky, you're on with coach. Go ahead. Uh, hey, Elaine, you know, obviously you guys, you know, just having an off night. What do you say to the team after a loss like this? I mean, you guys know you're obviously, you know, way more capable of what happened tonight. Well, I, there's no doubt that there's some uh, frustration, some disappointment, uh, you know, within our group. And like I mentioned, it starts with me to, to, to get uh, our group to, to play up to its potential. And uh, we're going to go home. Uh, we're going to regroup. Uh, we're going to have a good practice uh, Monday. And uh, we're going to be ready against a real good team on, on Tuesday. So, uh, you know, we'll, we need a, a day to, to regroup here and refocus because obviously this was far from good enough tonight. Take two more questions. Jordan Hall, you're on with Coach. Go ahead. Hey, Jordan. Hi, Elaine. Uh, Carter looks pretty visibly frustrated there at the end of the game. You don't really typically see that from him. Just what will, what will your message be to him? Well, it's good to show emotion, but, uh, you know, frustration right now uh, won't help our situation. We, you know, we've got to get back to focus. We've got to get back to work. And that's just not with Carter. It's it's with our whole group. Uh, you know, we need to play better as a team in, in front of him. And uh, our goaltenders need to do, obviously, a good job for us because we're not going to be perfect. We're going to make some mistakes. So, uh, you know, we'll take tomorrow to refocus and regroup, re-energize, and we'll get back at it on Monday. Last question, Bill Meltzer, you're on with Coach. Go ahead. Hey, Bill. Hey, V. Um, you did considerably better in face-offs tonight than you did on Thursday, but was it a case of not winning those second and third puck battles after the initial possession? Yeah, I mean, we uh, we did do better on face-offs. Uh, you know, I, I thought in the first period we started with the puck a lot more. We were w winning some 50-50 battles weren't able to put pucks on the net when that lane was there. Like I mentioned, give them credit. They did a good job. Uh, but, uh, you know, we'll just have to uh, analyze this game the, the way you have to analyze it and uh, get ready for the next one. Thanks, Coach. Thanks, guys. Stay safe. Carter, what is your level of frustration with, with the way tonight played out? What do you think the biggest problem was? Um, I know I need to be a lot better. Third period there. Just uh, I know I'm a lot better than that. I can bring a lot more and need to bring a lot more. And um, yeah, I think I think everybody does. Um, we'll all look, our, look at the mirror or look at ourselves in the mirror. We get home and reevaluate things. And, um, we need to get back to playing hard and competing. And I need to get back to playing my own game. Brandon Summerman, you're on with Carter. Go ahead. Carter, did the frustration just come over you at the end there? You looked visibly frustrated as you went to the bench after the game. Was it just something of you letting out your frustration, or was it just to a point where you felt, felt that was the way to uh, let yourself out? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's kind of boiled over. I regret doing that. Um, I'm not a guy who gets angry too often, but 
I was just frustrated and that was unprofessional of me to do that there at the end of the game. So I apologize for everyone that saw that. Um, but yeah, it was just heat of the moment. Joe Porter, you're on with Carter. Go ahead. Yes, hi, Carter. I was wondering, our PK and uh, special teams on the power play have really been struggling early on. Can you hint at what you think has been the main cause for that? Um, I think just competing on loose pucks. Um, in the puck out as a, as a unit of five, and then myself just stopping more pucks. And simple. All right, so there's Carter Hart, also heard from Elaine Vino on this edition of Flyers Daily. It, look, it's a frustrating time. It's early in a season, and there are some things that absolutely need to be corrected. I think there's going to be an interesting video session coming up on Monday when they're when they're at practice at the skate zone. And I think one of the plays that will be shown on that will be one of the Brad Marchand goals where Eric Gustafson just was way too casual, way too casual after a puck was turned over and a one-on-one battle. Kevin Hayes said after the game, which we didn't hear here, that his team lost more one-on-one battles than they won in a landslide, and that can't happen. That's not Flyers hockey. That's what he said, and he's right. It is incumbent upon the players to hear the message of the coaching staff and do something about it. We'll see if that can happen coming up on Tuesday. Uh, Tomorrow's episode, Bill Meltzer is going to join. We're going to have a first week and a half, a first five games or six-game recap of everything that's happened so far uh, for the Philadelphia Flyers. We'll solicit for some Twitter questions as well, but it'll be an in-depth episode. We'll, we'll go through the concerns. We'll go through the, the areas of need and how things can get fixed. It'll be a comprehensive episode. But uh, I hope this episode was cathartic for everybody. I know it's frustrating. Um, I'm angry as well. I may go smash one of my CCM goalie sticks right over the net in my garage. <laughs> Uh, a la Carter Hart, but uh, I appreciate you listening. Everybody, in the meantime, we'll talk to you on tomorrow's episode of Flyers Daily.